And welcome back to another episode of Coaching with the Bible. Woo! This is episode 155, season 3, episode 46, the portion of the week known as Kitavo, closing in on the end of the fifth book of the five books of Moses. Very exciting stuff. Our topic of the week is motivation. I hope you had a great week. I hope you are sort of coming out of that summer mode and feeling good, maybe refreshed, excited about September. Maybe your children are going back to school. Maybe you had a little bit of a break just recently at the end of the month, and now you're kicking back into gear uh, for the September run and the run towards the end of 2023. Or as you're preparing for the high holiday season in the Jewish community, which is just a couple of weeks away. So you are in gear. So my question for you are, what are the things that motivate you? What motivates you? Think about it for a second. You have a goal, something you want to accomplish. That's good. But what about, what gets you to start moving, to start acting, to start accomplishing? Fairly simple, almost innocuous question on some level, I think. The question becomes then is, you know, X or Y or Z gets you motivated, or one, two, three gets you motivated. Think about it. Maybe it's the goal itself. Maybe it's the work. Maybe it's the recognition that comes on the other end of it, the reward. Maybe there's some sort of inner thing that drives you all the time to accomplish. Maybe it's fear. Anxiety, a fear of failure, stress, danger. There are a host of reasons as to what it is that motivates you as an individual. And the truth is, it's probably not just one thing. Depending on the circumstance or the thing itself, it could be one or the other. And so the question for the week is thinking about what are the things that motivate us? In the context of, you know, the start of a new academic year or the high holiday season, so then the question would be what motivates us to accomplish more? What motivates us to change behavior? What motivates us to be better in the future? What will motivate us to accomplish the things that we set out we want to accomplish in our lives? That's sort of the premise. And so the jumping off point for this week from a biblical standpoint is, I think a subtlety in this week's portion is that there are multiple examples of motivation that go on in this week's portion. So the most obvious and most blatant one is in the large section of the text, there is a section of curses and punishments that are going to be wielded by God against the people if and when they don't follow the commandments, if they don't follow the path that God has laid out for them. So Moses is sharing this, and it's a litany of things, and they're brutal, terrible, horrific, and just horrible. And so when I think about that, In the context, it's one thing, but in the context of motivation, what kind of motivator is that? 
right? It's certainly a, it's a negative motivator, right? It's coming from a negative standpoint. And more than just negative, it's coming from a place of fear, right? I'm going to do X or Y or Z. I'm going to keep the commandments because I'm afraid of what happens if I don't. And that can happen on two levels. I'm afraid of the impact it might have on my relationship with God, something like that. Or it's more direct in terms of circumstance and punishment that's going to be meted out to me and to my people by virtue of the fact that I'm not keeping my end of the covenant and the agreement. It's a very negative motivator. It's a strong, powerful, visual, palpable motivator, negative at its core. At the same time, earlier on in the portion, you have a more positive motivator that comes from success. So very much the case is what could motivate me now to do something good or to continue to do things well or to continue down a certain path is that I had success already that has borne fruit. And so it's an incontrovertible you know, list of things that I've done right and that have brought literally fruit, because that's what happens at the beginning of the portion, and success. And so that will motivate me again to do it again, because I liked the way that turned out. The reward was worthwhile. It was meaningful in the sense that I now have these fruits and my, my fields have have grown and I have produce and I can feed my family, maybe have a business, things like that. So incontrovertible proof, unchallengeable of my prior success will be potentially a motivator for my future success. Those are great. What you have then are two aspects of motivation coming out of the Bible, negative and positive. And at the same time also, you have extrinsic, which is something that's coming from outside, which is that sort of reward factor or the punishment factor, right? Those two things are happening. And you also have intrinsic. There's also a section there, which we discussed last year, about the notion of self-praise, which comes up there as well, where the person is stating that they have done everything right. There's no reward, per se, in that specific circumstance. It's simply the person's admission and statement and acknowledgement of all the things that they have done and they have done them properly and they have done them right and they have fulfilled what it is that they had set out to do. And so that's more of an intrinsic sort of motivator. Again, it is related to my prior success, but it doesn't then yield some sort of out external reward. It's simply internally, it's what I'm thinking about. And then therefore, because I did a good job and it was good, it felt good for me, it was meaningful for me, satisfied some personal internal need. So that will motivate me into the future. So it's an interesting sort of thing where the Bible is not, you know, out loud screaming about motivation, but on a subtle sort of secondary level is talking very much about the notion of motivation. So my question then again comes back to us is what are the things that motivate us? Where do they come from? What is it really at its core? And how do I then have more motivation? Can I build up sort of a store or repository of motivation? How do I sort of continue down that field on continuing to be motivated? And then how does motivation fit in with things like desire and discipline, things like that, willpower? It's sort of, those things all sort of on some level connect, relate, impact each other 
but it's sort of important to sort of explore them. We won't get to all of them. We've discussed every single one of those things before, but let's sort of dive in here then today on what in fact is motivation. And so there is a clinical definition for what motivation is, and then there's perhaps a more, um, you know, simple explanation for what motivation is. So motivation by definition, really, this comes from a lot of different articles, but this one quoting specifically from an article called um, from Psychology Today on motivation. Motivation is the desire to act in service of a goal. Simple as that. It's the desire to act in service of a goal. And so we can appreciate what that means or why that's important. And it's also obviously important is to appreciate why it is that um, we need to understand motivation. It's a great quote from somebody by the name of Clayton Christensen. Clayton Christensen is not known for this quote. He's more known for having developed the concept of disruptive innovation in industry and business. But anyway, he has this quote. Understanding motivation is one of the most important things we can do in our lives because it has such a bearing on why we do the things we do and whether we enjoy them or not. So again, motivation is the desire to act in service of a goal. But if you want to put it sort of a different spin on it, I think this is a great spin that comes from uh, Nir Eyal. Nir Eyal is someone I mentioned um, a while back. He wrote the book called Indistractable, or the notion of what distraction is and how to stay away or steer clear from or put up a wall against distraction. And so his definition of motivation is motivation is the, is the desire to escape discomfort. Or as James Clear put it, in quoting from someone else, from Stephen Pressfield, motivation is the following. At some point, the pain of not doing, sorry, the pain of not doing it becomes greater than the pain of doing it. And so the motivation or motivation is the pain of not doing becomes greater than the pain of doing. That is sort of how he how he thinks about motivation. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, check, it, check out his website. He has at least 10 articles on the subject of motivation, each one better than the next. It comes up in the book, Atomic Habits. It comes up in the book, Indistractable. It's a, it's a massive subject um, to really unpack and understand. But interestingly enough, when we when we read about motivation versus, let's say, discipline. So the reality of it is, is that as good as motivation is, that perhaps discipline ultimately is something that we may be looking for more of. Right? So motivation versus discipline. The reason why is important to sort of distinguish and differentiate between the two is that motivation is sort of what's going on in the mind. Right? It's an inner drive. It's something that that may be sort of propelling you to perhaps go and do the thing, right? To go and achieve the goal. Discipline is the ability to control the actions and the behaviors and, you know, and choices, especially when they come in conflict with our goals. So it's more like a self-control consistency factor, right? And it's also internally generated, but it sort of shows itself in our routine and in sort of our habituation, ritualization, activation, in the different modes. And so what ends up happening and what could happen is that we may lack motivation sometimes, but because we're disciplined, we're going to do it anyway. And so by virtue of a person having sort of habituated or ritualized or set up the routine of a certain activity, right? So then the motivation to do it or not to do it disappears 
because the discipline is there. So let's say one day I wake up in the morning and I'm uber tired, right? I went to sleep late, I didn't eat well, I'm not feeling great. I am wholly unmotivated, uninterested in going for that run or going to the gym or going to pray, whatever it is, going to work. The discipline in those situations will eat the motivation for lunch, meaning that's the term I've heard people use, I like it, which is the idea that the discipline, because I have it sort of, my body doesn't goes and does it, I don't need the motivation anymore. The motivation is gone because the discipline has sort of taken over. And so what ends up happening is that I have, I have so self-regulated and established that sort of uh, momentum for myself on a day-to-day basis that even if the motivation isn't there, the discipline is there. And so that's really important. And even when I don't have the willpower, right? Again, willpower is sort of mental strength uh, that, that, that we're sort of, again, is, is what is sort of you know, driving us maybe to do something. Even if I don't have the willpower and if I don't have the motivation, if I have the discipline, I'm still going to do it. It's harder, but I have that sort of, and again, it may be coming from something sort of, you know, anxiety, whatever it is, uh, something inner that's pushing me or some sort of fear that's driving it. But because I've habituated that discipline, I put that into place, it's going to sort of seize the day and win the day more than the motivation might or the willpower might. So we have to sort of, again, appreciate sort of at its core what motivation is and what it isn't and how it differentiates from all kinds of different things. And so what we discussed already so far is sort of appreciating really different kinds of motivation because there are different kinds of motivation. There are the negative and the positive. We've described those. There's also the extrinsic versus the intrinsic, things that are getting sort of benefited or the results of which have something that's coming from the outside, which is really important to appreciate. So here's an example. If it's business, it's work. So an extrinsic sort of motivator might be a bonus um, a raise, um, you know, some sort of recognition with a plaque on the wall. There's a great quote from Alfred Hitchcock on that specific thing, which was he gave a script to an actor and the actor was reading the script and the he, this is how he tells the story. An actor came to me and wants to discuss his character. I say to the actor, the character is in the script. If the, cat, if the actor then says to me, but what's my motivation? My answer is your salary. It's a great answer, but that's an extrinsic, right? It's external to the person as a motivator, which is good, right? It will get people to do things, but when we have to choose, and certainly from the data itself is very clear, that intrinsic, internal motivators are far greater, far more powerful, and far more resilient to being corrupted and disrupted by um, sort of outside influences. And so the intrinsic would be something like, um, you know, sort of a, a business setting a sort of core values that are very powerful, very meaningful to the individuals. Their own personal growth is at the core of, of that. Um, there may be results on that on the outside and someone else may benefit from it, but it's internal uh, to it. So an example from business that they talk about a lot is Google's uh, 20% time policy. The policy basically is that you can use 20% of your time on personal projects that interest you, even if it has nothing to do with work. 
And the idea is that it sort of taps into the things that people themselves are interested in them and allowing them to pursue them on company time. As a result of it, right, it ends up actually paying itself back to the business because obviously people are happier and they're more satisfied with the work that they're doing, but also ultimately products can come out of it. The most famous of, from, from a Google standpoint is Gmail uh, were born, was born from this initiative, right? So it was not something that the company was focused on, but individuals or teams were thinking about this and it came from their intrinsic desire uh, for accomplishment and success and development and innovation. And that led to ultimately to greater success. So you can sort of appreciate how that works, both again on the extrinsic side, bonuses, plaques on the wall, you know, at home, if you're acknowledging a child's, uh, you know, good behavior, so the child will continue to do that good behavior. Their motivation is perhaps the reward, the ice cream, um, their name up on the wall, a star that you put on the list, or simply just that you gave them attention and you noticed them. Uh, so that's certainly possible. Developing their intrinsic motivators to get them to do the things because they want to do them, because they want to do the work, because they want to be personally successful for themselves, independent of the parent's acknowledgement or the parent's recognition or so on, perhaps is greater and ultimately yield to, will yield a happier, more balanced person in the future. So we appreciate that this is sort of what's going on in the brain, and this is sort of what's driving people to, 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 to be motivated. But I want to share something that's sort of contrary, which came out of reading uh, from another, from a couple of other sources, which was this. All motivation ultimately starts with action. So it's a, it's a counterintuitive thing. We all think and, we, and, 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 and operate on the idea that motivation is in the mind. But let's take a different, the, the following difference. If I think about being motivated and I get motivated and in my mind, I'm all jacked up and excited to do something and then I don't do anything. Was I actually motivated? Like, did, it's, I mean, it's not the tree falling in the woods with no one being around, but it's a similar sort of idea. Did I actually, was I actually motivated? Did it actually do anything? Did it accomplish anything? So how helpful is that kind of sort of mental gymnastics on motivation? Now take the flip. The other side is I get motivated simply by doing something. By having done it once and done it well, I'm motivated to now do it again. Right? So the motivation in the first case is a mental exercise. The motivation in the second example is a physical action that I've done, which yields or leads to more physical actions being done. So which is ultimately more valuable? So it's interesting to read in a lot of the literature that motivation starts with action. Well, and that's not a new concept. We've heard it from, I mentioned it once before, I think in year one from Rich Roll, that uh, motivations or feelings follow actions. It comes up in a biblical context too, in the commentary known in Hebrew as the Sefer HaChinuch, a book which describes and explains all of the 613 commandments. So early on, I think it's a commandment 15 or 16, dealing with the Paschal Lamb. So the author describes why there are so many rules attached to the, uh, the Paschal lamb specifically and how one is to eat it. Um, you have to be dressed a certain way. 
Uh, you're not you're supposed to cook it a certain way. Uh, you're not supposed to break any of the bones. And the comment that the author adds is what 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 an explanation of it. What's with all the rules? And so the statement is that after the actions go the heart, right? And so it's a similar sort of parallel kind of an idea that the motivations are fo- uh, follow the action. So action is first, and then the rest. And so. Think about this. If you went for that first run and it was good, you're motivated to go a second time. If you think about going for that run the first time and you don't go, you're not more motivated the next time to go. You're nothing really on some level towards the next time. So that helps in appreciating developing greater motivation in life. How do we get more motivated? How do we develop more motivation around the things that we do, which obviously will ultimately lead to greater discipline and greater action and greater success? So it's important to appreciate, this comes from James Clear, the three main components of motivation that he writes about. I know I'm running a little long on time, so I'm going to get to it here fast. The three main components of motivation. Component number one is activation. Activation, he writes, represents the decision to begin a behavior in order to achieve a reward or incentive. It's effectively direction. So first is activation. Number two is intensity. Intensity is the dedication and effort committed to pursuing a reward and is driven by your expertise and level of desire. So it's the degree of action that you're willing to take to achieve that desire. So that's an intensity factor. So you have action, I'm sorry, activation, intensity, and three is persistence. Persistence represents the ability to stay on course through challenges or setbacks and maintain your required action and intensity over the time in order to achieve your reward. So activation, intensity, persistence, it's direction, level of desire, and then discipline. That is the core of motivation. So what he writes, and others write as well, is that when we want to begin getting motivated, we want to make it as easy as possible to start, which will help us motivate the second thing. So that's putting the sneakers by the bed. Um, It's putting the glass of water in front of you. Um, You know, it's the simplest thing that gets you to the next one, which makes that whole process easy to keep my motivation levels up. If I make the first step exceptionally hard, my motivation doesn't go up. I get crushed by the initial sense of what it is, and then I don't come back for any more. And so that's sort of how he thinks about it. And he writes specifically about the following. His path for staying motivated is sort of three steps to developing what he calls the pregame routine. The things that you're going to do first that help you stay in mode, that keep you motivated. Number one is a good pregame routine, which is simply just a set of activities that you won't say no to. Putting the sneakers out, getting the cup of water. Um, In his case, he talks about baseball, a certain base pregame routine when he was a pitcher in baseball, how he would go about his day, regardless of whether he wanted to be at the stadium or not at the stadium. The motivation was in action. So the action motivated the next set of actions. It should get you, so step one is a good pregame, right? So it's easy to do it. Number two, it moves you towards your goal, which in the case of baseball would be being ready to play. In the case of work, it would be uh, getting ready to, for, to seize the day. Um, if it was raising your children, it's getting ready to be in a mode to be happy and healthy and present to be able to help your children that day and to be with them that day. And then to do it over and over and over and over again. 
And then when you sort of begin to put that into place and to measure and to tweak the routine, right? Obviously with motivation, you're gonna have to measure to see whether it's actually working or not. So you have to sort of think about all these different factors that help you get into a space of what then would be the proper sense of motivation. There's a ton here to talk about more, but we don't have time for it this week, which is why do I feel unmotivated at certain times? Why does that happen to me? It's the same sort of action that I was involved with before, but this time I'm not motivated or I'm no longer motivated or the sense of motivation has sort of left me. Why is that? Um, how do you actually develop sort of a motivational routine for your teams and your people? How do I get everybody sort of on board? Can I do that in sort of like a 30, 60, 90 day kind of structure program uh, exercise training to get the team more motivated because I want them to succeed at a higher level, whether that's an extrinsic motivation or an intrinsic, a positive or a negative, whatever it may be, what's the style or the strategy that you can employ to do motivation? There's a lot that we can really think about in here. We simply don't have all the time that we need to be able to do that this week. And so I do want to though end with a quote which I always do. And I really want you to sort of think about motivation and really think through what's motivating me today or specifically pick an aspect of your life and think through what are the motivators here? No judgment, just simply understand what is motivating. So here's the quote. You can motivate by fear and you can motivate by reward, but both those methods are only temporary. The only lasting thing is self-motivation. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. As always, look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. See you soon.